Open your ears and crack some beers. You're listening to episode 15 of A Retro Hangover. Internet. This is Chris Copeland coming to you over the streaming service of your choice over the sweet, sweet megabits and kilobits. And I am joined today by the person who's not making marvelous monstrosities in Mario Maker with lots of love, Shane Kosky. I'm not, but that doesn't mean that I don't want to be, because I really do. I've seen some of yes. like the sadistic shit that people have been putting out there, and I wish to wreak my havoc upon the masses as well. It's, it's hard to be a sadist in that game. And, and actually beat the levels that you're trying to do. But I'll get to that in a second. He says, today is October 25th. It is a Sunday. It is. And this is the 15th episode. So happy 15 episodes. Yeah, thank you. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a half birthday. I guess so. it has been like six months, pretty much. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. My how time flies. A little too fast, I think, my preference. But at the same time, not fast enough. But, um... It's good to hear that you're doing well. I know that you've been up in, you've been out of town, enhancing your edumacation. Uh, yeah. As we as we speak, I am currently recording uh, this week's episode from the 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 cozy apartment that I am renting out in in the hot Atlanta. You're actually an apartment, you're not like a like a stay hotel or something, like a motel. No, so um I'm sure some of our listeners are probably familiar with the service Airbnb and um I'm I've been utilizing that and found a couple that uh has a studio apartment over their garage that they rent out to folks staying in the area and um so I got connected with them and uh Got this place for the month, so I am here until about November fifteenth, and uh, worked out pretty nice. It's it's actually cheaper than getting a hotel room for that long of a you know period of time, and uh, plus I have all the amenities of home. I have like a little kitchen area and stove and appliances. I got my own bathroom and everything. It's pretty much self-contained, so uh, it's pretty. But do you have a Wii U? Uh, I, I don't because I had to make a choice and I decided that I was going to bring my 360 with me instead of my Wii U. So, yep. Ooh. Hey man, I, I got Marvel fucking Lego Marvel heroes to play. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that takes some time. That's true. It does. So I take it that's what you've been playing? Uh, well, <clears throat> that's a, that is a smooth segue, Chris. That's very nice. So, no, <laughs> actually, uh, no, I'm going to kill that one before it even gets off the ground. But no, I, uh, the Xbox is actually still in my bags right now. I haven't even unpacked that thing because I have been crazy busy and, uh, do, do you know, furthering my edumacation, as you so astutely put it, yes, my, uh, my gaming this week has 
basically been relegated to my phone, of which, by the way, I got a new phone, so I am now a proud owner of a, an iPhone 6. So it's nice. Funny, my wife did too. Oh, really? Yeah. You sound super excited about that. I, I mean, it actually worked out. I mean, we're spending actually $10 less a month because she got a newer phone. Hot damn. Now, well, okay. Did you have to pay for the phone though? No. Okay. So it's like worked into the contract? Yeah, it's something with Verizon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I actually swapped over to Verizon. I was with another provider that I wasn't too happy with. So I'm getting much better service now. And I went with their... Uh, $45 a month prepaid plan, which I think is pretty doable. That's not bad. Yeah. It's... I wish I, I only paid $45 a month. <laughs> well, that's the benefit of only having to pay for one line. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've been uh, trying to keep up on the the Record Keeper, as always. The uh, the gold event is going on right now, as, as well as... That, that game is pissing me off. Oh, do tell. Um, I made it to a part where you're supposed to I'm trying to advance the story because I'm starting to get like everything's done except for events mm. right mm-hmm. and even events get done but I there's like a certain cap that I can only make it through so I'm at this Final Fantasy 10 event level in order to make it for, like move forward and I'm fighting against Seymour mm-hmm. uh, Noctis and I cannot beat him every single character is over level 50 <laughs> every single character is uh all, they're all Final Fantasy X characters. They're all, all loaded up, and I cannot kill this dude. It's awful. Well, <clears throat> you know, I, I would say that I would suggest that you go to the Record Keeper subreddit where there is a wealth of information on strategies in order to defeat these things. But I think the last you time know, I, I brought I actually, that up... I actually have done that for this situation. Oh, and well. it's still not working. <laughs> what was, what was their suggestion? It needs to be nerfed. Hashtag nerf Seymour. Um... I don't know. Let's like do all this crazy crap with equipment I don't have. Is pretty much what it boils down to. Great. Yeah. Super so helpful. Like, hey, just cast reflect on everybody with Carbuncle. I'm like, I just got Carbuncle, ah. and I can't upgrade him. Yeah. See, I actually haven't even. It's been a long time since I went back into the the story missions. I have just enough time to like keep up on the events that happen. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, I just got Cloud's Memory Crystal today from the FF7 event that's going on right now, so that's cool. The first one or the, the, first one or the second one? For, what do you mean? First what? Memory Crystal? They ha- yeah, they have a second one now. Oh, yeah, I know. Fucking A, first of all. It's only at, like, it's only at, like difficulty level 90 or something. Uh, the second one like, is like 70. 110. Wait, what? No, like, number two is at like, difficulty 110. Oh, yeah, I, I will not get that. <laughs> No, no, I, I got the first one, um, and I'm I'm happy with that. But uh, yeah, other than that, um, I'm trying to think, just honestly, most of the same stuff. Um, keeping up on Marvel Future Fight. Uh, I think there's a couple other random things. You might have noticed I made a a, <laughs> a Facebook post a couple days ago about how I have somehow gotten roped into playing Yahtzee on my phone with random people. And uh, so that's a thing. You have more friends now. Uh, you know, I do. There are plenty of uh, geriatrics across the country that are now just best of friends with me. Or 12-year-old hipsters that have Yahtzee on their phones that their parents let them use. Mm, yes, because they like Yahtzee ironically, right? That's that's how that works. I like the reviewer Yahtzee. <sighs> yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. I, I don't know that. I know he makes good reviews. <laughs> we cannot, however, speak to his character. 
I have no idea. <laughs> well, uh, he's British. What, though, what about you, Chris? Anyway, have you been uh, had any more exciting gaming events going on this week? I guess you could say I've been on a little bit of a staycation, just so I don't have to go to work for a week because I fucking hate work. Mm, uh, true. Don't that. want anything to do with work. Hopefully, I'll get into this this new schedule I'm part of where I actually get more time off during the day and more days off. But I've been playing a lot of games. It's been it's been pretty good and for for games. Uh, playing some Gran Turismo Six. Which, I don't know if I've ever said this. I don't know if I even told you, but Gran Turismo is probably the, the, the my favorite video game series I never talk about. It is one of my all-time beloved series, but just never comes up in my, like, games I gotta talk about list. Yeah, that's but true. I, love, I don't think I've ever heard you mention that. I love Gran Turismo. Um, I got a PlayStation 2 because Gran Turismo 3. I got a... Uh, when I got my PlayStation 3, it was the year that Gran Turismo 5 was going to come out. And I love it. And uh, playing Gran Turismo 6 and not as excited. It's it's a good game. It's just there's something off about it. Probably because I had to delete a bunch of games off my hard drive because it's a PS3 game that required a 13 gigabyte patch. Oh, good. Yeah, version 1.21 was 13 gigabytes on my hard drive. And that, that hurt. That really sucked. <laughs> Um, what else, uh, was I playing? Silent Hill. I beat Silent Hill. Oh, nice. Uh, and that game is still creepy. Mm-hmm. I, I know I said, I know I said two weeks ago how that game looks like ass and wasn't very scary, but no, that's not exactly true. That game can still creep you out to a horrific degree. So <laughs> beware of uh silent hill if you go back and play that it's, it's the appropriate month to do that so it's not that long of a game like only five six seven hours uh but you you might have to play it with a fact i had to play it with a fact the entire time because that game doesn't make any fucking sense it's like an adventure <laughs> game yeah. i don't know how you assholes play adventure games i don't know the only the only <laughs> subgenre where it's you got to open a door and you have a gun and a steel pipe but you have to find like three random items that make a key in order to open the door, you just can't kick the fucking thing. No, you gotta explore the goddamn doldrums of hell in order to get this specific item to open up the damn door. Screw you, adventure games. <laughs> you know, it's funny you mention that because um, <clears throat> I I kind of actually had this realization recently because uh, I went back and was playing through some older adventure games, uh, particularly the Blackwell Legacy games, and um, it... <sighs> I think I have actually just come to realize now that I think my nostalgia for adventure games is greater than my actual enjoyment of them at this point because I realize how completely fucking frustrating old like old school adventure games really are because they are so like painfully cryptic in a lot of their puzzles which I think is part of why I like the Telltale series is series is it's not even a word series so much because they take basically they distill adventure games down to the best parts and leave off all of that extraneous bullshit that nobody really likes. So what you're trying to say is you need to get good. You filthy casual. Uh, yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. I, I need to in fact get good and I, I unfortunately don't think that I will be able to. <laughs> Not in adventure games. Those are cryptic as hell. Um, hey, man, at least it isn't I, King's Quest where, like, 
if you don't get one oh, item at the beginning of the game, it just waits till the end to tell you to fuck off. You know, Final Fantasy twelve does that too. Great. Well, that's another I don't, I don't one. Know if I'll you know that. Yeah. make sure to not play. No, it, it, yeah, it's 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 one of those games where there's a treasure cat tre- like a treasure chest in plain sight, and if you get the treasure out of the chest at the end of the game, you can't get the best weapon in the game because you open up the chest at like hour two. <laughs> Yeah, Final Fantasy twelve does that uh, bullshit. Great. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I also been uh, I got Super Mario Maker for my son nice. for his birthday, and I've been making levels. In fact, I've been putting on Twitter. Uh, there's a YouTuber called Epic Game Music. He makes some good remixes of games. I've been set, tweeting him my levels, and he's been crushing them. Uh, so I'm retooling my focus on making statistic levels to try and and foil people ironically enough when i go and play super mario maker i get pissed off if people make those kind of levels <laughs> <laughs> yeah but they're really fun to make they're just horrible they're, to actually play they're fantastic to make but then in the 100 mario challenge i get like through 15 lives i'm like i can do this and i look at it like screw this this person's an asshole why would he do this and then i look at some of my levels and i'm like this is awful and uh so it's like the best mario game and the worst mario game i'm beginning i'm beginning one. to think that mario maker is quickly making its uh making its way into the list of games that just destroy friendships i wouldn't call it a game that destroys friendships it's it's just a game that destroys mario <laughs> and because okay look there, there's two kind of levels i'm finding in these games there's the extremely simplistic levels that require barely any thought or skill or anything. And for some, whatever reason, people love these things. I can understand that the novelty levels where you don't have to move or you just keep running mm-hmm. and the level kind of takes care of you itself and you don't really have to worry about anything. And at first, those levels are really cool. But then you start to realize, I'm not doing anything. This is boring. I, I, I want something to challenge me. And then there's levels that look like they're made by five-year-olds where you just move two steps to the right and the level is done. <laughs> um, on the flip side, you have levels that you, the only reason I think any of them were ever actually beat in order to upload is because the creators know exactly what's going to happen. And that's the only reason why they're getting beaten. So it's it's completely trolling you. Uh but there are some good levels on there, some thoughtful levels. I, I really recommend you get it uh, and uh, some create some levels. We should have like a retro hangover level making session. I think that'd be fun. Uh, it's it's a really fun game. That that would be cool, and I do want to pick that up at some point. Um, so that'll that'll definitely be be happening. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I mean, there's like one other game, but it's not even worth mentioning. I'm gonna play through it and beat it. It sucks, but great. I'll get to that next podcast. Good story. <laughs> yes, cool story is the coolest of stories. Even though we have cooler stories coming up here. We do. Right now, as a matter of fact. You want to just roll right into it? Let's do it. I do. Fucking let's do it live, man. So let's talk about what's on tap. All right. First story that we are going to be talking about today, uh, which is actually a pretty good segue because it's about Nintendo. Why not? Why not, right? So uh, we never talk about them. Some some rumors have been circulating uh, recently regarding the fabled NX, and that evidently uh, some dev kits might have been going out with uh, multiple devices and purportedly containing quote unquote industry leading chips. Now, 
This is particularly interesting if you know much about the recent history of Nintendo, in so much as that their consoles have always been lagging behind their competitors as far as power goes. And to say that the NX may actually be remedying this issue uh, is kind of a big deal. But it really depends on what exactly they mean by that, right? Uh, yeah, I think when I see like industry-leading chips and, and, and leading power, I think we got to be really careful about what this is. Because on this podcast, we've addressed a lot of these rumors here on this podcast before in the past about what this is going to be. And it seems to be solidifying into what we thought this may be, which is a half console, half hybrid, something where you could take your... Uh, one part of the console with you and treat it as a handheld. And then when it comes back, you can attach it to your console and play it on your t- TV or whatever the hell. Um, so industry leading chips can mean a lot of things in terms of efficiency, in terms of power, in terms of how it can handle it, in terms of how it can transfer data. Doesn't necessarily mean this thing's going to blow your mind off with visuals, right? It just means that, I mean, look, a powerful chip in your, in the Samsung galaxy, isn't going to be nearly as powerful as a graphics processor in a top-end top end machine. However, the chip in a Galaxy S6, I think that's the most recent one, um, is could be considered industry-leading chips and industry-leading tech. So until I see more about what the NX is actually going to be and what they mean by that is what is how that's going to pan out. What is industry-leading chips? What is industry-leading tech? But I do think it's interesting that now these rumors aren't coming from like NeoGAF or some blogs. These are rumors that are coming out of the Wall Street Journal. So these are things that are a lot more uh, solidified, probably with more credibility than you're used to seeing on these forums or whatever the hell from Joe Random Guy on a blog that says he works for Nintendo. Yeah, um, for sure. Definitely. And as you had mentioned, I am particularly proud of the fact that we totally called this. <laughs> uh yeah. the, the piece particularly about how nintendo would likely include both a console and at least one mobile unit that could either be used in conjunction with the console or taken on the road for separate use which is almost verbatim what we had said um several episodes ago and i as i had also mentioned um as this is actually exactly what i would want from it so uh, that is some potentially really awesome news. And as far as the industry leading chip thing goes, I see what you're saying as far as the comparison with like a mobile processor, but I want to, though the, the verbiage is vague, right? But I, I would like to believe that when they say industry leading chip, they do in fact mean, you know, that they're looking at at least somewhere in the neighborhood of top end for uh, consoles and or PCs. Now, of course, when I say PCs, you have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt because if you're looking at top end for PC, that's something that consoles wouldn't be able to touch um, realistically. Well, they could. Not just wouldn't <laughs> not if be they practical. Well, right, unless they want to charge $800 for the machine. If they're lucky, the Titan GX still costs like, what, a grand? Uh, well, okay, yeah. Or that whatever that Titan is. I mean, the, the graphics card itself costs $1,000. Right, but I mean, we're, <laughs> we're talking about it within the realm of possibility. Like, they're obviously right. not going to shoot themselves in the foot by trying to do that, but... Um, but I don't know. Uh, as these things still, you know, start to continue to surface, I suppose it seems like this is starting to take shape in many of the ways that we hoped it would. So 
I'm go- I personally am going to be cautiously optimistic about it. I think that there's I think that Nintendo has probably learned a lot from the Wii U's kind of lackluster performance, uh, particularly in the wake of you know the Wii's success, which in and of itself was kind of almost a fluke. Like that wasn't expected by anyone. But um, I think maybe they learned some lessons, and maybe we can see uh, Nintendo going back to taking their place, uh, you know, where they were before, somewhere near the the forefront of this uh, this little console war of ours. They they they're not even in the war; <laughs> they are on the outpost doing their own thing. But yeah, <laughs> you're, you're you're right. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, and if this is if the rumors about this are true, then I can definitely see those those systems with the patents that they don't have the optical drive mm-hmm. this would make a lot of sense if like well like we've even said in the past i mean this is pretty much echoing the things we've been predicting is if there's no optical drive and uh, then you could pretty much download or you could put an sd card and then you're just pretty much swapping data between the two systems streaming it or you're taking the sd card from the system putting it in the mobile unit and transferring all your data this would make a lot of sense this would be the the kind of system that you'd want to not have an optical drive so you can transport data easily and sync it up with a mobile home unit that attaches your TV. So really interested to see what's going to come out of the NX. It doesn't look like we're going to hear anything about this, at least for the remainder of this year. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they didn't talk more about it or didn't have a reveal for it prior to E3. They, if especially if dev kits are getting out, mm-hmm. you want to start hyping people up now and and showing them what this thing at least looks like or what it can do. And if it's not going to be from this year, it needs to be early next year. It needs to be before E3. You want to know about something that doesn't make any sense? Yes. <laughs> Great, because I was going to tell you anyway. Having your customers pay for your localization processes of your games. Is that something you would like to do, Chris? You know what? I actually have mixed emotions about this oh no i do i, I really do oh, no. think about okay now, now hear me out hear me out first of all let's let's roll out the the, the topic of this and it's about square enix right yes it is in fact about squeenix they are currently considering crowdfunding the localization of a lot of their japanese games right and they're thinking about doing it via kickstarter which okay on, on, on a fundamental level this is horrific and disgusting and a company like Squ- uh, square enix should not be doing stuff like this However, but but Chris, I, they're just a small indie developer. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> right. I, no, I, I, and I see what you're saying. I think there are certain cases where this is practical. I think where this could apply. I think when you're talking about modern games, though, if you look at a lot of Square Enix's sales for their video games, they get most of their sales now in, in the West, in the United States and in Europe. Mm-hmm. That's where most of their sales come from. Even if they port it over. Now, there, we all know there's some money to port over a game, do a translation, all that. It, it takes effort, it takes time, it takes people, it takes money. Got it. But you're going to make that up in the higher sales once it gets over the coast. So, for modern games, I don't like it. And this is where I say I have mixed feelings. If Square Enix is smart, they could do Kickstarters and say, hey, for like 10 grand, here's our goal. Um, we're going to bring over uh, Seiken Densetsu 3 and then call it uh, Secret of Mana 2. And we're going to put on the Wii U Virtual Console, PS4, Xbox One, uh, with remastered graphics, uh, upgraded translation, everything like that. And then once they hit stretch goals, they could be like, at, you know, for 10,000, we'll bring over uh, Secret of Mana 2. And then at 
20,000 will bring over Live a Live, and at 50,000 will bring over the entire Romancing Saga series. And that's where I think this could be fun and interesting, but I don't think they're going to do that. Yeah, and <laughs> so just just for the record, I, I actually don't entirely like disagree with this whole thing. I just like playing devil's advocate. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I can see, especially from a, a business perspective, where this makes sense, right? So if there are titles, like you're saying, that they have to basically like you know, take back out of the vault as it were and, um, localize for, for other areas, obviously they're not going to put in the amount of effort that that requires unless they have somewhat of a guaranteed return on that investment. So that totally makes sense. And if it's, if it's like a, you know, a a cult classic thing where there's enough people that really want to see it localized, then I don't necessarily see this as a bad thing, honestly. Um, if anything, it's just allowing those people to more easily get their hands on copies of those games. So, uh, of course, there's always a chance that everything with this can go completely sideways. And maybe, you know, we'll put Squeenix somewhere up there in the hashtag fuck Konami camp. But I really don't see that happening. No, not yet. But I really can't think of a lot of Square Enix games right now, other than Dragon Quest X, that I could really not understand why they're not over here. I, I can't really think of any that I'm really craving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly can't really think of anything, honestly. But I, I do see that the general sentiment for this is kind of what I was saying at the beginning of it, where people are just railing against it because, well, clearly, you know, Square Enix is a big company and they've got plenty of money. And so why are they asking for more to do this? But they are. I mean, that's actually it. They are a big company. And the reason that they're a successful company is because they know how to run a fucking company. And like, you know, throwing their lot in with putting time, effort and money Uh, and manpower into localizing something that may not really be worthwhile is something that uh, no real smart business would ever do. Well, I do think it's, it's kind of hypocritical that we, we do champion the people who go on Kickstarter, like Inafune and uh, Iga. And we, we want, uh, we fucking want Kojima to do it too. Right. Mm -hmm. And we will say, yeah, you should do it. We'll pay you the money to make this game. And we'll support you. And Square Enix is like, we don't know if this is financially viable to bring it out here. So we want to see if we gauge the interest and see if, you know, you can raise some money to make sure it's financially viable and take the risk on this. And it was like, oh, fucking evil. You know, fuck you. Um, you're a big company. You shouldn't have to do this. It's <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure that all these other guys have backers and, and they're going to be successful in their month is what we found out with Red Ash. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty much what we found out with Shenmue and all these other companies and all these other small development studios that have some backing, everything on Kickstarter now, when it comes from a big name, is pretty much, I get the feeling there's already some backing there, and people just need to chill the fuck out. They're gauging interest here. And they haven't done it yet, so we don't know what's wrong with it. Yeah, well, it's... I think all of that really just comes down to people's tendency to, like, romanticize this, the the indie scene and, like, the, the underdog, which is really the persona that a lot of these people who have broken away from these big companies are kind of playing up whether intentionally or not that's feeding into that you know because people are just like oh no i gotta fight for the little guy even though you know these guys were working for the big man for years and years and years 
So no, I, I see what you're saying. And I think you and I agree mostly on this, to be perfectly honest. Mike, Mike first knee jerk reaction to it was the same as, you know, most of the rest of the internet, which was like, fuck this. But when you really think about it rationally, it, it really does make sense. You want to know uh, now something that doesn't make sense is splitting your user base. Kind of like what Nintendo did with the new 3DS. Oh, that thing that so, I won't buy? Yeah. That, yeah, right. and that I haven't bought, which I probably will buy because it, is, it looks like a nice console. However, <laughs> I don't have a 3DS, so it You're makes part of the me. problem, man. I am part of the problem. But would be a big problem is that they somehow did this with consoles. Now, this isn't anything official that's come out from Sony, but uh, recently the executive uh, Masayasu, I'm probably saying that wrong, even me, was asked about a question, would, would Sony have a higher, perf- more high-performance PlayStation 4, something more powerful? Uh, this is their vice president, Masayasu Ito, was asked if this could happen. He didn't, And the problem is, is that he didn't come out and flat-out deny this and say that this is the PlayStation 4. He said this is something that we could possibly consider, having a PlayStation 4 that's more powerful than the PlayStation 4, a PlayStation 4.5, if you will. And before I let you take over, I'm just going to say, if Sony does this, I'm fucking done with consoles. I'm just going to go buy PCs. This is this is too much. <laughs> so, all right. The only way that I could see this as not being a complete kick in the nads to anyone who already owns a PS4 is if they had an extremely generous trade-in deal of some kind where previous owners of a ps4 can like you know i don't know trade in their current console for like a huge discount on the new one or something like that like there has to be something because if they just go and straight up put out a a like an unequivocally better version of the same console just with better hardware inside and just say nah fuck you you gotta buy it again that I don't know, man. That just that sounds like corporate. It like, sounds like, like corporate. Like a PC. It sounds like corporate suicide at that point. Like I don't know why they would do that. It, it's not corporate suicides as so much as it's it's the end of what we think of from consoles. This is this is a huge problem for consoles, and this is why I don't see consoles lasting much longer, at least in the way that we view it. I think Nintendo has the idea a little bit that you just can't keep making consoles and just make them more powerful. Because it's going to get to a point, law of diminishing returns, and we're already at a problem right now that a console is typically known to be affordable, and $400 is still a lot of money, but it's, it keeps it competitively priced to get into the home, to make it a your primary video game, you know, vi- primary video game system, mm-hmm. it, it, your, your method of playing video games. But these systems, they haven't even been out a full two years yet, and they're already getting tapped out. Their developers have already pushed these systems to their limits. Games are coming out at 720p, so they can make 60 frames per second. Or if they're at 1080p, they're at 30 frames per second. We're talking about resolutions that have been around for almost a decade. At least as long as, yeah, almost a decade. Resolutions. Resolutions should not be a problem. Getting these things at, at that frame rate should not be a problem. Well, we knew this from and, the and they're beginning. Already there. Right. Well, we knew this from the beginning because as soon as both of these machines were unveiled, everybody's reaction or most people's reaction to it was just being 
greatly underwhelmed by the hardware that was going to be included in it. Not not initially. I think uh, the reaction. I don't know about well, the that. reaction so much. The reaction so much when it came out was more like, "Wow, these are pretty powerful consoles," especially when it came to the RAM. Uh, and when we first started seeing games come out, it was the kind of the reaction that you get on every single launch with every single console was, wow, these are pretty. I can't wait to see what comes down the line. And what we're seeing coming down the line, something we didn't know then that we know now. And we didn't really know then, but we were underwhelmed. And, but it was the typical underwhelming for a new console launch, right? Would you agree with that? Well, from you mean from like. A, a release title perspective? Yeah, like launch games. Yeah, I mean, fucking Rise. It was Rise. a typical kind of... Yeah. yeah. Well, Rise was supposed to be gorgeous. Oh, it was. The game sucked. But, I mean... Yeah, the game sucked. <laughs> but, like, everyone was kind of underwhelmed. But what we have found out is that two years into it, and they're already getting flatlined by PCs. I don't know. They're already getting <sighs> stomped by PCs. When the Xbox 360 and PS3 came out, and uh, I think 2005 and 2006. Yeah, it's been like a decade since the 360 came mm-hmm. out. When those things came out, they were on the bleeding edge of technology. PC gaming was just approaching where they were at. And it was much more expensive to get in that kind of gaming that they were providing at the time it was released. They weren't. They, they were close. Like, you had to get a top-end rig in order to compete with the 360 and PS3. Okay, but so you're... You are essentially making my point for me, though, right there, which is that the last generation was impressive in the power that it had at launch. And these and it were not like a decade. Right. And these were not like, yeah, sure. You know, when at, at the reveal of both of these machines, it was like, oh, yeah, no, it's you know, it looks pretty. It's whatever. But if you looked at the discussions that were being had, and I'm, I'm sure that you did, you know, right after the big reveals of these things. The general sentiment, honestly, from particularly from people that are more in the know, like if you're going to go and talk to, you know, average Joe Walmart shopper who wants to buy a PS4 or whatever, then he may not necessarily give a shit or have any idea, which is fair. But for more of the people that are probably listening to a podcast like this, we were already underwhelmed by what was going to be included in those because we knew that PCs were were and had been at that point for quite some time already. So we knew that this was going to have a much shorter life cycle than the previous uh, previous console generation. And that's why Sony, Sony has to know this, if they're talking about making a more powerful PS4. They have to know this. They have oh, sure. to know their system's underpowered. They have to know. I mean, they, they'll, they'll defend their system, say it's the strongest console on the market. Well, and it is. They're technically correct. Yes. <laughs> they're technically correct, which is the best kind of correct, as you would say. <laughs> uh, but it, my PC, which is an outdated PC, is, is probably more powerful than the Wii U. And it, it, at the very least, could play some 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 probably some low-end ps4 xbox one games on it probably and it's it's not that great of a pc and i can understand why sony's saying yeah we might want to do this but man man they they do this first of all i can't see a sane developer in the right mind that would try and take advantage of a more powerful ps4 if they're trying to put a game on the ps4 or, or coming out with a game that has like like game boy color style options where oh uh you're playing with an old ps4 so your frames per second or your resolution is going to be lower 
if you were playing on the brand new PS4, everything would be better. And then all of a sudden, now you don't have consoles. You have Steam machines. Yeah, this is why all of this is, I, I think, just inevitably leading to just everybody just needs to buy a PC. <laughs> that's my conclusion like the more that i hear about this stuff and and honestly like i part of me still wants to get one for probably completely irrational fucking reasons but um I, i think a lot of it comes down to just the user experience like there's something tangibly different about sitting down with a console that's built specifically to be a console versus booting up a game from your windows pc I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe. It's sort of like a an abstract. Thing. Oh no, I I completely get it, and that's why I hope Nintendo stays in business forever <laughs> because they are the only company releasing game consoles that out of the box are supposed to do something other than just boot up and play games with the traditional controller interface. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I think with Steam, you know, evolving as it has, uh, I might actually be just leaning closer and closer to. <laughs> just putting together a, a decent steam box and just having it launch steam OS and hook it up to my TV because like it, almost like 99% of the games that I would want to play, I can get on steam anyway, like console exclusivity almost means nothing to me at this point. Oh, the console exclusivity is pretty much dead anyway. Yeah. Yeah. With the exception of course of, the new Tomb Raider game, which I actually would like to play, but... Uh. Well, that'll be out on PC before you know it. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, you want to know a game that's coming to... Well, it'll be a better experience on PC anyway. Is Doom! Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're going to have their... They're going to have their alpha starting up soon. They are. Well, specifically, it is it is just a multiplayer alpha. So they, uh, they released a video for this... Uh, actually, I think it was this week. Um... Where if you were one of the folks that pre-ordered um, or bought Wolfenstein The New Order on or before May 26th of 2014 to... Like a year and a half ago. Yeah, to get into the Doom beta, then you will also um, have a chance to get in on this exclusive closed alpha of the Doom multiplayer experience. And just uh, some of the details on this one, they go over it to say that um, it's going to be very, very focused. And so it's only going to include one map uh, called Heat Wave. Uh, it's going to be 6v6 team deathmatch. You only have the one mode. And there is, evidently, there's an item in multiplayer for, for the upcoming Doom game called the Demon Rune, which transforms a player that gets it into one of the demons from the game. And if you watch... The video they released for this alpha, it's actually pretty cool. The uh, the one demon that they're going to have in this alpha is the Revenant. So you get to be bombing around, flying in a jetpack, and shooting rockets from your shoulders at people, which is pretty fucking awesome. Um, <clears throat> and one power-up weapon, which is going to be the Goss Cannon. Um, so if you did happen to get into that uh, little pre-order deal they were doing, then I would go ahead and take a look at this. Um, it looks like it's going to be pretty awesome. I don't know how your feelings on the, the Doom franchise are, Chris. I haven't played Doom since Doom 3. <laughs> yeah, that sounds um, about right. <laughs> when it first came out, not like recently, not like all the remixes and remakes that, that they came out with. It's like Doom 3 when it came out. So that was like, what, 2004? 
2005? Uh, yeah, actually it was around that time because I think I was playing it in my dorm at college. So yeah. Uh, so it's, it's been a while. I'm not too excited about Doom. It looks good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it looks like a bad game or um, you should not play it. It's just... I don't know. It's Doom. <laughs> so, okay. I, I am a, I'm a pretty pretty big doom fan just because it was one of the first games i really ever played on my pc at home back in the day on a on a windows 95 machine and um i played a lot of doom <laughs> like a lot and uh i actually liked doom 3 more than i think a lot of people gave it credit for um i recognize that it did have some issues there it was kind of just like a monster closet simulator in a lot of cases mm-hmm. But um, but I still enjoyed it, and some of the fixes that came along, and actually people did some mods to make that game a little bit better too. Like one of the major oversights was, why can you not hold a gun and a flashlight at the same fucking time? And so somebody made a duct tape mod so that your flashlight would always be on your gun. Simple oh. shit like that. But um, overall, I still enjoyed it, but it didn't really have the same sort of crazy frenetic feel that a lot of people liked Doom for originally. It was trying to be more of like a horror game. And I don't think that, I think it did itself a disservice by trying to do that. So mm. uh, the gameplay footage that they've showed for this new Doom is like 10 times more insane. And it goes a lot, it goes back to, I think, what really the essence of Doom was in the first place. So I am cautiously optimistic about this one i think if they stick to what it looks like they're trying to accomplish i think they might actually manage to put together a pretty decent doom experience uh if you like shooting demons and i like you know i do like the fact that it's multiplayer that that's all they're kind of bringing out for you i I, because i mean doom has really had good single player campaigns so I'm, i'm happy that it's multiplayer. They're not really giving the game away, but you still get to play around with the mechanics and stuff like that. Even though it's Doom's historically had really good multiplayer too. So oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it was one of the games that one of, if not the game, that really sort of popularized the whole deathmatch thing. So land parties, hell yeah, land parties, man. But uh, you know, you don't really need a land party if you are paying a subscription to watch people play games on the internet. That was rather forced. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, what is this? I heard that YouTube and, and RedTube are combining. Is that what I... Do I get my gaming... Do I get my Let's Plays and my porn at the same time? Is that what's happening here? How are you defining Let's Plays? Um, <laughs> no, they're not combining YouTube and RedTube. They're calling... They're making a subscription service in my square is extra squeaky. Uh, they're making Son a subscription bitch. service <laughs> called YouTube Red. Where Quite possibly asking, one of the worst naming conventions ever. I just want to put that up. I there. was reading, I was reading the comment post of this destructoid article, and it was pretty brilliant when I saw you know RedTube's just going to come out with a uh, with a subscription service called RedTube U, <laughs> and where you're going to just be able to broadcast yourself. Um, oh god, it's just a whole bunch of dudes <laughs> just jerking it on camera. Why not? It's like chat roulette, but you have to pay for it. It's <laughs> great. Anyway, <laughs> so what are some benefits about having YouTube Red and paying your $10 a month? Well, first of all, you're not going to get any ads, which 
uh, some people don't get ads already. Uh, uh, so I didn't, I didn't, YouTube have, has ads. I, I didn't know that. Oh, well, they're, they're supposed to. <laughs> but people who use Adblock, Adblock Plus wouldn't know they had ads. Mm. That's one of the main reasons I think YouTube is trying to do these subscription-based services is because of Adblock. But if people continue to have Adblock, then the fact that you won't have to watch ads anymore is not a reason people are going to be willing to pay $10 a month. Um, That's just bad. Other things they're doing is that you could download videos. So if you're ever in an area with bad reception or you're offline, you could watch your videos at your leisure. In addition, you can also get exclusive content like more PewDiePie. A PewDiePie reality TV show that's exclusive to YouTube, which I'm pretty sure... I'm not saying it's going to be a complete and total failure. I just don't see that being as successful as YouTube might want it to be. And that kind of goes for the entire program itself. But you know what? I'm not a YouTuber. uh, But apparently a lot of YouTubers are upset about this. Um, But I'm not a YouTuber. I just don't see the point in why they're doing this. But they're probably going to make... Per subscription, $10 a month is a lot more they make than opposed to someone not paying at all per person. Uh, I mean, sure. I don't know. I, I Much like the person that wrote the article that we were looking at for this thing, I am not at all convinced that this is going to be successful. I mean, I could be wrong. There, you know, PewDiePie has millions of kids that watch him all the time, and I guess a reality show where he explores like actual sets built inspired by famous horror video games might be interesting for kids, I suppose, but it just sounds like a huge waste of time to me. I'm also incredibly surprised that the producers of the walking dead somehow got involved in this bullshit. Hey, Google has a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Um, I don't know, man. I, I certainly won't be touching this thing with a 10-foot pole. Oh, they, but they should, they should do the scene from Clock Tower 3 and throw PewDiePie in that vat and just spray him with acid. <laughs> I think that would be really funny. I think we'd all get a few chuckles out that of that. That would be great entertainment and also <laughs> solve a problem at the same time. <laughs> you can't kill him. What? Oh, what? I thought <laughs> Make him suffer pain. I thought that's what you were implying. We can make a PewDiePie sandwich instead of a Jill sandwich. Oh, God. See if you can get, you can get out of a room before the ceiling crushes him. Uh, but in better entertainment news, uh, Super Troopers 2 has finally begun filming. And uh, yes. there have been some, some on-set photos that have been taken by the cast that have been out there on social media this week. And it uh, looks like things are rolling along nicely. So I don't know about It'll you, de- but... Uh, I'm uh, I'm pretty excited about this right now. I'd be excited if it uh, if it debuted on RedTube U. God damn it! I mean YouTube Red. <laughs> you know you. The more you say that, the more that's actually going to happen. <laughs> and I'm I'm going to 100% blame you for it. Super Troopers debuting debuting on YouTube Red for 9.99. You can see Super Troopers first. Before Netflix, I don't even have anything to say to that. Uh, you know, but I'm I'm I am happy. Broken Lizard is coming out this movie. Uh, I know it was crowdfunded. It was yes, and then and uh, they got quite a bit of money from their fan base in order to get this going. Um, big first movie was great. It was it came out of nowhere, really kind of redefined what people thought could come from an independent comedy. 
it because really before that there was really no uh like the independent movie scene had been dead for a while and no one really cared about it except for movie snobs so you could kind of say that it kind of kicked off maybe not itself but it was one of those movies that kind of kicked off the independent film uh love fest that that's kind of grown and has made the film industry better over the past 15 years. So uh, I'm glad to see it finally got a sequel. Hopefully it doesn't disappoint because a lot of these movies that like Anchorman 2 wasn't as good. Um, yeah, I was I was actually just going to mention that. <laughs> yeah, uh, there's a lot of movies, especially comedies, Dumb and Dumber, uh, Dumb and Dumber 2. Uh, that's just that people loved and now that they made a sequel and they suck. So I'm. I'm really hoping this doesn't have it. And it's, and it's not like Broken Lizard doesn't have some stinkers in their past. The one right after Super Troopers they made was mostly forgettable. Um, <laughs> so much so that I actually don't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was something like they were at like some resort or something like that. And like people are going around murdering people. I don't know. I thought it would be a better movie. It was I, I brought over this girl for a date way back in the day. And it got so bored, I ended up having to do something else with her, which wasn't as boring. Wow, that but sounds super disappointing. It was awful. Um, anyway, did you, uh, super did you bring too. the movie and a liter of Coke with you? A liter of cola. Ah, cola. That's what it was. Damn it. It was a liter of cola I had. And it's for a cop. <laughs> Does that mean you're going to spit in it? I can't now. So we have a segment for a lot of the smaller stories or stories we don't want to talk about as much, but we still feel are important enough to talk about. And we have a segment on here called the YouTube Red Flight. And for only $9.99 a month, you can hear the rest of the flight stories on Retro Hangover Podcast. Not yet. Hopefully, maybe one day, never. All right. So the first story today. Sony has officially announced that it will not be doing first-party support or doesn't have any planned first-party titles for the PlayStation Vita. So this system's pretty much dead as a doornail, not coming back even as a White Walker. It's dead, Jim. There's really honest. There's honestly not a whole lot more to say about that. Like at this point, that just basically means that that thing is done and over with. So if you've got one, then you can enjoy the library of games that you have, but don't expect much else at this point. Uh, speaking of uh, things that people probably should apologize for, uh, <laughs> Sega uh, has put out an official apology for naming. <laughs> A character in the game Sonic Runners, Boob, which is just fantastic. Evidently, there was a seasonal Halloween stage uh, in in the game, and they called it Boob instead of Boo, which then prompted them to uh, release an apology and said that uh, they are currently working on a fix for the error and hope to have one implemented shortly. Now, I'm not really sure exactly how much development time goes into changing a letter, but um, I will say that uh, it looks like in a lot of cases, this little kerfuffle was probably more fun than the actual game itself. Hey, I'm not going to rail on Sega too much here. I mean, maybe they got their naming advice from the people over at Google. So, <laughs> you know what? I'm glad, happy they changed the name, I guess, except this would be entertaining be funny if my kids said hey there's boob even though i didn't know there was a game even called sonic runners what the hell is that there's sonic dash you know it doesn't matter uh r.i.p sonic why we miss you fallout beer no this is real real beer 
inspired by Fallout. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, it's supposed to be a hoppy or am- aromatic flavor that's supposed to be coming out in the UK for the low, low price of twenty nine. Was it euro twenty nine ninety nine pound on Amazon? Uh, so hopefully this is a damn good beer. It's being in conjunction with what Carlsberg, uh, who's a Danish, I believe it's a Danish beer making company. But uh, hey. You know, this is one way to enjoy yourself while playing Fallout 4. Yeah, um, as you might have guessed, you can only get this if you live in the UK, but I suspect that um, if you want to pay the exorbitant fees, you could probably get some of it shipped to you here in the in the States. No. No? No. You mean like, no, you don't want to pay for it, or no, you can't do that? No, they will not be shipping to the States. Really? Really. So hopefully they make enough and bring it over here. Well, that is some bullshit. Well, I can see yes, I can see a uh, an eBay black market for this thing like immediately. Yes. Uh, the Zelda Symphony of the Goddesses uh, tour has their schedule posted and announced. So if you are interested in Zelda, classical music, and or both, then this is probably something that you will want to catch. I know that I certainly will. And as I recall, as a matter of fact, there is a date, um, let's see, March 24th of 2016, they're going to be coming to our our little town of Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I hope I'm still here in order to catch that. I will be leaving around that time from the city of Jacksonville, but I hope to be seeing it. I hope to be here in the city when that comes by, and uh, depending on how much tickets cost, maybe I'll go and check it out. In addition to Symphony of the Goddess... Their schedule being announced. Twilight Princess, an HD release, may be in the works. There's been some sightings of some games coming up in Nintendo's listing on the eShop. Rumored to be that Twilight Princess HD is on that list. This game might get reworked. Hopefully, we get the reworking of the GameCube version instead of the Wii version. But you know what? A hybrid where you could choose whether or not to use controls or or motion controls. That would be a welcome addition as well. Looking forward to what they're going to put out there. Yep, I am holding out hope that this is either going to be an HD remaster of of that of the GameCube edition or like you said uh it'll allow you to choose one or the other because that was actually I actually owned this game when I still had my Wii um and as much as I wanted to continue playing it a big factor into why I never actually finished this game was basically just because I got fed up with the motion controls um, I've fast. I have said it before and I will always say it, uh, having to wave my arms around like an idiot in order to wield a sword in a game or something like that is just complete fucking nonsense. And I would rather just sit on the couch with a controller and play my damn game. You know what, you know what the best place to have a waggle fest is? Uh, w- let me, let me guess. Stream Wait, Wii games. W- would that be on, on YouTube red, red tube you? Yes. Red Tube U. Waggle Fest on Red Tube U. Hashtag Waggle Fest. Stream. <laughs> Hashtag Waggle Fest. <laughs> well, another game that you could probably stream on uh, YouTube Red shortly is Batman <laughs> Arkham Knight. Uh, it's finally getting a re release date for October 28th. So if you are still holding out hope to play that game uh, properly on your personal computer, then you will be able to get it on that date on Steam. And it is said to include all of the modes, challenges, and extra content that the console versions currently have, as long, of course, as you have a season pass. Um, Honestly, at this point, 
I I really like the Arkham games, but part of me just wants to tell this one to fuck off just on moral principle. Hey, I mean, if you've been streaming it before on the PC, it doesn't shouldn't be up on YouTube or YouTube Red. It does need to be on Red too, because man, it did a good job of fucking its consumers over. <laughs> hey, I'm pre- I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm really glad this is actually coming back to Steam. Hopefully, they fixed all the issues and it got done. However, I mean, by this point, the goodwill with the PC use is pretty much it's over. I'd be surprised if this really sells anything now. They they just they just scorched the earth when it came to. Uh, PC users having any faith in this release. Um, it's just unfortunate because it's supposed to be a pretty damn good game for the PS4 and Xbox One. Double Fine has announced that Day of the Tentacle is going to get remastered. This is an adventure game that is much beloved by old PC nerds. So, you know, good for them. They get to play their adventure game. They've gotten Monkey Island. They've gotten Grim Fandango. Uh, another one comes back. It's a classic. A lot of people love it. Uh, really happy to see people get another game that is lost you know so it doesn't get lost to history and it's preserved well yeah and this is actually a good opportunity for me because as much as i extol my perhaps misplaced love for adventure games um this is actually one that i missed i never got a chance to play this one um back in its heyday so this really will be the sort of the best way for me to experience it or at least i hope um assuming that they you know go just the remaster route and update the graphics and make everything all pretty and sound nice and don't fundamentally change too much about how the game plays. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. I'll finally get a chance to, uh, to play this classic and that'll be one last, one less, um, important PC gaming title that I can, I can, I can sort of check off the list. And, uh, last but not least, for those of you that may have purchased some games through the online service Green Man Gaming, such as myself, Chris uh, evidently didn't even know this existed. Yeah, I don't know what this um, is. You should probably be aware that their customer credit system that they have been running since their inception will be closing down on November 24th of this year. Uh, so you do still have some time to utilize any of those credits that you've accrued um, through purchases of games on on the platform. But uh, past the 24th, they will, in fact, expire. So um, get out there and use those up while you can. Uh, evidently, they are going to be moving over to a entirely different sort of customer reward system. So um, I'm not sure that there's a lot of details on exactly how that's going to work yet. But uh, don't let your credits go to waste. Good God, this is like poor man's steam. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I guess use that credit. I don't know what your credit is. I don't feel bad for you if you lose it because you should be on steam because that's probably better. Unless this is this DRM free. Uh, I believe it is. Yes. Well, then hot damn. Go to good old games because more people know about that. So and they've given me free games. So uh, I mean, unless you use this stuff and you enjoy it, you know, good, good for you. Honestly, honestly, I, I mostly just use Green Man Gaming whenever they have like a really good sale on something. I don't think I've ever purchased a full price game from them ever. But I, I don't think I've purchased a full price game from Steam. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so, uh, but I think that is about uh, it for our news stories for today so uh this yes. this this episode is going to be a little bit shorter but that was on purpose uh, mostly because you're in atlanta i am in atlanta and being super busy so uh getting to time to record this and then also get it edited and out there for you fine folks to listen to is 
going to take me some very precious time to do, so um, we wanted to keep this one a little more succinct than usual. So we could upload it to RedTube? Uh, yes, absolutely. RedTube U, um, where you can hear episode 15 of Retro Hangover Podcast. Exclusively. Exclusively. That's right. For only twenty ninety nine a month. We're getting up there. Hey, man. I would love that. <laughs> Listen, it's all about you have to you have to try to impress upon people that your product is worthwhile. So we're charging a premium fee. Oh God. <laughs> I, I I hope YouTube Red fails. I I really do. This is that it's going to fail. Anyway, thank you for joining us on episode fifteen of Retro Hangover Podcast. And please make, hey, you know what? Make some Mario levels, Mario Maker levels, and, and tweet them to at Retro Hangover, and I will play them. And if you tweet them to our account, I will star them and leave a comment on your level and talk about it in next week's episode. Ooh. So please send your letters to at Retro Hangover. Letters? Levels. Send your <laughs> levels to at Retro Hangover on Twitter or on our, pod- and our uh, Facebook account. And we'll get to you. Or you can even email the letters to Shane. But, well, to Shane and us. Shane checks it. But uh, then we could check it next week. And uh, we won't be able to talk about it in two weeks. But uh, send it to podcast at retrohangover.com. So there's all sorts of ways you can get in contact with us. Even if you don't want to send us Mario Maker levels, uh, send us stuff to those those email accounts. uh, And hopefully, you know, we'll we'll address them. We would love to address them. I would love some email. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, I think we'll be looking forward to seeing some of that. And hopefully once I get back from my stint here in Atlanta, maybe I can pick up a copy of Mario Maker and uh, join in on the sadistic hate fest that is playing through those levels. And um, I can let my creative juices flow exclusively on YouTube Red. <laughs> but in how t- to get them juices flowing on that 999 feet that's right that's right but until next time you keep your juices flowing and happy gaming
Hey, by the way, if you if you say that we should get a Patreon campaign, we'll put all our stuff up on Red to uh, YouTube Red for you to consume uh, for ten ninety nine a month. Ten ten we'll make... it's ten ninety nine a month now. God damn it! <laughs> no, for us, for us oh. on Red Two. Oh, okay, I mean YouTube Red. Yes. If you want the exclusive con- content from Retro Hangover Podcast, <laughs> just pay Red Tube YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if you're actually doing that on purpose or not. <laughs> the flight is brought to you by RedTube plus YouTube. <laughs> uh, YouTube plus now I'm gonna Pornhub. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find a way to like edit in all of this shit into this into the actual episode. <laughs> uh. Load faster story. YouTube Red Rocket. (laughs) You know what I might do? If you're just going to keep doing that, I might just tack it on at the end of just like a compilation of your terrible names. (laughs) I didn't name it. (laughs) 